Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glickson with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And college football right now has turned into the entire NCAA offseason being sandwiched into like a week because of the number of coaching changes and player changes and... Yeah, yeah. And recruits committing... Uh, yeah, yeah, and I mean, I'm I'm expecting, you know, like we had our transfer portal rush there at the beginning of last week, and through, and it, and now it's kind of slowed a little bit, and I'm expecting, you know, as the Bulls finish, that you're going to see another rush from from guys who are, you know, with their current team through bowl games. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's I mean, it's a it's a whole new world out there. I mean, this is the first off season where it's been like 100 percent acknowledged and out there that transfers will be immediately eligible mm-hmm. and and so that's you know it's a game changer we've talked about it we talked about it last week in relation to a, a guy that you know you worried would be in the portal and now here he is a week later in the portal tommy hill mm-hmm. um it's just you know it's a it's a different world I, I don't know if you saw the athletic article i think it was andy staples wrote it last week about quarterback recruiting and made the point that like a lot of a lot of programs are starting to prioritize recruiting the portal because if you get a kid out of the portal, he has to stay, or at least mm-hmm. more likely he has to stay. Yeah. Whereas if you get a kid out of high school, it might be a one year rental and then he goes somewhere else. Well, that's the uh, the Quinn Ewers experience. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, cash that nil money. Yeah. And yeah. Then... I mean, kind of genius. Like I don't know if he drew it up that way, but you know, instead of spending your senior year of high school, you spend it, you know, learning learning college offense from Ryan Day, who's a pretty darn good offensive coach. You make a ton of money, and now you get to go back to your home state of Texas where you know many assumed you'd end up anyway out of high school. And apparently Texas or Texas Tech are the, are the lead candidates and, and make more money there. I mean, you know, it's like uh, he's, he's winning at the business of college football. Let's say that. We'll see if he wins on the field. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Let's let's talk a little bit about how this is impacting ASU. Yeah. Um, you know, you mentioned Tommy Hill leaving, and, and, and this is something that you're seeing kind of across the board. Guys who are presumed starters are leaving. Either yeah. they are starters or the presumed heir apparent. Tram left. He's, right. he's going right. to be the starter at running back. Hill left. He's expected to be a starter at corner. Right, and, you know, right. What, I mean, that's, the, that's the crazy part. It's not... It's not guys who it's like, well, they're blocked on the depth charts and, and you know, uh, okay. I mean, that used to be kind of your 90% of transfers for guys like, well, yeah, they're probably, you know, they've kind of reached their ceiling. That That's not the case with these two. At least it didn't seem so. No, and, and it, it makes you wonder what they know in the building that yeah. we don't know. Um, because, you know, a number, and, and to be clear, a number of guys are coming back. We, right. you know, we found out Lole is going to stay and play. Um, right. You know, so it's it's not everyone, but it is noteworthy that these guys, and, and I, I will digress briefly to talk specifically mm-hmm. about Tommy Hill. Yeah. Chris Hawkins recruited Tommy Hill. Chris Hawkins also recruited the two defensive backs from Florida who committed and then decommitted right, from this right. class after he left. Right. Um, he tweeted cryptically today something that indicates to me that he's done at Did ASU. Um, I can't remember the exact tweet. I can't remember what the tweet yeah. was, but it was something like, you know, you know who the real ones are or something. Yeah, yeah. You know, which could mean anything. But, These cryptic tweets are so exhausting. I know I sound like an old man, and, and I'm willing to admit it. But yeah, I saw what last week Antonio Pierce tweeted a picture of himself smiling. Like, what are we, are we supposed to read into that? I, I mean, Haller retweeted it. That's the only reason I know about it. But like, what does that mean? I don't. I don't know. Just tell me what's on your mind. Yeah, he. So Hawkins retweeted. First of all, he's listed as defensive back specialist, but not ASU. Yeah. Um, he treated Gobi great six to Tommy Hill. Yeah. And he tweeted, what, let me see here. What was the, where's the one that got me? Cause one of them, Oh, he deleted he delete, it already. I think he deleted it. Yeah. See, that's the other thing that drives me insane. You know, they do these and then, and then they get a reaction, which is what they're doing them for. 
and then they then they delete them and hide them. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. Social media it it has its good points, but boy does it have its points that make me want to pull my hair out. And I don't have that much hair to pull. Yeah. It's, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think we've both. I mean, not just you and I, but I think anybody anybody with you know who can add two and two uh, has pretty much assumed that those three coaches are not coming back. I mean, it just seems highly unlikely that we're going to see them again. I know we discussed that possibility of like, well, just maybe SA screw it and bring them all back, but uh, that doesn't that doesn't feel like the way we're going to go with this. Yeah. You know, so I guess my my point is you're losing these guys. There's still this undercurrent of the free hawk movement. There's still this, uh, you know, Pierce not really committing to recruiting the same way he had been, it appears. Right, right. Do we even know if he's coming back, uh, you know, on staff? Um, I mean, we haven't heard that he isn't. But, uh, uh, you know, it feels like with this program right now that, you know, and, and maybe not just this program, maybe most programs across the country, like you need you need confirmation that a guy's coming back. Like no news does not necessarily be good news. Yeah. Um, you know, you did say that uh, it appears Zach Hill will be back. Apparently, so, that's what Haller said today, that uh, he was he was going, you know, sounded like it was maybe close to a done deal. He was going to Auburn to, to work for Brian Harson again, but Auburn's higher-ups balked because of his involvement with ASU and the NCAA investigation and the like, um, which we haven't heard his name directly tied into anything. So that's one of those, like you said about the players, like, do they, do, do they know something we don't know, or is it just them being overly cautious? Thinking, mm-hmm. you know, hey, he's close enough to this mess that we don't want to. I mean, Auburn's had their fair share of rules violations and things over the years, probations, the like. Uh, that maybe they're a little gun shy on an offensive coordinator, especially one who wouldn't necessarily come in with like a, a you know, sterling rep of like, oh, well, it's worth it because boy, this guy's offenses light things up. Like, I mean, his his two years at ASU have been, eh. I mean, you know, solid like C plus, but but you know, nothing that I'd be like, wow, you gotta you gotta get this guy in the fold. He's an offensive genius. Uh, correct. The, I mean, it's just not there. Well, and it's something you said, which I think is true. Our, our offense for much of the season, and the only successful part of the season was hand the ball to Rashad White. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. that doesn't inspire you know the comparisons to. Lincoln Riley or Mike no, Leach or, no, or people who've no, innovated, I mean, you know, yeah, it's handing off yeah. to the running back and then play action where you wind up throwing it to the running back anyway. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, you know, so yeah, Zach Hill's back. And of course, the news that, that you know, became official since we talked last. And I think when we talked last, I, I said I still expected Jaden Daniels to be done at ASU. I was wrong. Um, he's apparently, well, not apparently, he says he is coming back and and uh, going to play a fourth year here. And uh, you know, I'll, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna see the Florida U to start with. We've had a few days to digest that. What do you think? So what you're telling me is we are bringing back the quarterback, the head coach, the offensive coordinator. But potentially only two linemen, mm-hmm. maybe or maybe not our third string running back. Yeah, maybe we'll or say. maybe not a receiving core that I've all I've heard for two seasons is our quarterback can't get on the same page with. Right, right. Um, I would say I'm not keen on this <laughs> development, but no, I, but 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 yeah. I, but but I think it will be better. Then if we didn't have him, um, you know, so, I think so. That, it's interesting you say that. Yeah, I, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I just it, think you know. the, I think the team will be better for not uh, having to break in a new quarterback. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I don't. And, and I think the was, ceiling is the same, and I think the ceiling and, 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 for next year is lower still. That almost uh, it almost exactly was what I was going to say, which is like, 
Jane Daniels' return probably, now it's not him alone, but it probably says we'll be, you know, probably good enough to be a six-plus win team again. You know, we, we could find ourselves in a mid-tier bowl again, and uh, and maybe if he doesn't return and we struck out on, on any of the big-time transfers, we could be staring at a, you know, a two- or three-win season. And so, in a vacuum, would I rather win six or seven or two or three? Well, obviously, I'd rather win six or seven. You know, I mean, no one wants to suck. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but we I mean, might suck anyway. <laughs> we might. We might. I mean, he's... Like, I was thinking about it, you know, thought a lot about it. We've talked a lot about him. Um, he's not horrible. And I know you're, I know you don't think he's horrible. I mean, I'm not trying to convince you. Like, you know, he's not the quarterback we were, we were promised. And barring a, a Kenny Pickett-like jump from his junior to senior year, he's not going to be. Um, no. But he's, he's good enough. I mean, he's, he, you know, in his, in his career, he's, what, 17 and 10, I think, as a starter. Mm. Now, quarterbacks don't win and lose games on their own. I hate, I hate, you know, just putting that out there and leaving it as a, you know, like that's the only thing that matters. Um, you know, he, he won the Washington, or not the Washington game, you know, uh, the Michigan State game, you know, his freshman year. He, yeah. he didn't win that game. Uh, you know, we won that game because of great defense. The sloppy offense, but well, that's aside, uh, you know, but, yeah. but he's okay. Um, it's just, I think I, I think I would echo you. I'm not, I'm not keen on it, but maybe there was no better alternative. Like, like he, the dreams of, oh, we're going to go get Spencer Rattler. Were we? Uh, pro- probably not. No. Uh, I think, so here's what I think. The uh, That quarterback from Incarnate World has three yes. years left. That's somebody who I'd be interested in. Totally. Um, I was. I, it's funny you mentioned that. I saw that on the bottom line and thought, see, that's the type of guy we should be going after. A guy with three plus years. So that we have a successor. And and my my other thought as we break this down is when when you say it's not all on the quarterback, you're right. Like I think in a vacuum he's better than Brooks Bollinger, but Brooks Bollinger won yeah. a Rose Bowl for Wisconsin right. twenty years ago. Right. The the problem right. is we don't have the rest of the team that makes it okay for our quarterback to be right. okay. You know, right. Like we can't, we can't, maybe it's hard though. Right. Cause this is the year where you're like, well, all the pieces were there and it, and it should have worked. And the, the conference went how it was. You got to believe USC is going to be better under Lincoln Riley. I think so. Yeah. Utah seems like they're not going anywhere. No, no. I mean, they have a a young defense. That defense is, is loaded with freshmen. So they're, they should be good again. You know, Devin Lloyd will, will be gone and he's their best player, but yeah, Cameron rising's back and you know, yeah, they're, they're a good team. They're always solid. Like Utah is always, always a respectable, uh, tough out type of team. And yeah, I agree. USC is going to be better. Um, it's tough for them to get worse, honestly, than what they were this year. Arizona Um, has to be better. I think by the same, I mean, I think there's still a gap, but, but here's the thing. If we are replacing our whole secondary two layers deep with right. grad transfers, right? You know that that's a problem. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I agree. Like, I I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, I think I think Jade Daniels' return makes it seem like okay. Is it possible we could win seven or eight games again next year? Yeah. yeah, you know, he we know he's good enough with a good with a decent cast around him to do that. But will he have a decent cast around him because I mean, you're losing your best offensive player from this year. I don't think there's any ifs ands or buts that Rashad White was the best offensive player this year. He's well, you're, gone. You're using your best offensive player, you're losing key parts of your line. I don't care if you think yes. Deesh was the best or second behind West yeah. who also might go. But you know, right. Right, because I—I'll tell you yeah. what I haven't heard is Donovan West saying I'm back. No, no, <laughs> and, and and you know, as an interior lineman, you're probably not going to be a first round pick. I mean, very rare. Every now and again, you get maybe you know once once every two or three years, you get a center who goes first round. Yeah, you get a Quentin um, Nelson type. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, if he has a chance to be a day two pick or even an early day three, you know, he probably should go. Um, I, I wouldn't blame him necessarily. So. Yeah, I mean, you're losing some key pieces. You're losing some key pieces on defense, which 
you know, honestly, we we part of those eight wins this year are, are because we were we were pretty solid defensively. I don't think we ever got to be as good as you and I hoped we could be defensively. But for the most part, I mean, how many games did we get did we get dominated on defense? I I can't think of. I mean, the second half against Utah, yeah. we couldn't get a stop. But other than that, you know, we we were respectable defensively all year. I guess the first half against Washington State, but some of that was the offense turning the ball over yeah. repeatedly. You know, when you're playing you know, on a short field and everything. Yeah, it's... yeah. I mean, so really, like, uh, you know, there weren't really stretches of the season that we were bad defensively, except for the second half against Utah, which, you know, it was the was the half that ruined our hopes basically this year all around. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, are we going to be better around him and, you know, I, I say, you know, a few minutes ago, I said, you know, the, the dreams of getting Spencer Rattler. And then I'm thinking, you know, like if, if Spencer Rattler came here, like, are we sold that we'd be better than an eight win team? Like this year, let's say we had Spencer Rattler this year compared to Jade Daniels. I, I don't know. I mean, he's, he's OK, but are we were we falling in love with the hype on him? I mean, he had he had a half of a good season last year for Oklahoma, basically. And, yeah, and really, uh, really wasn't great this year, and that's why he got benched. Maybe, but I don't he's, know. I mean, I don't I know. Think he's a different style player than Daniels. Well, he's more of a passer. And I think, given what last year's team was, yeah, that may have been what we wanted. And, and frankly, you know, with Zach Hill coming back, one of the reasons why I'm a little meh about Daniels coming back is I know what this offense looks like with him. Right. I want to right. see what this offense looks like with a different quarterback who Zach Hill had a hand in picking. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Because, because that's the thing. And, and we'll never know the answer. We was certainly not now because it, Zach Hill is coming back, but like, is it, is it on Daniels that he didn't progress? Is it on, is it on, you know, poor recruiting at the receiver position and having a bunch of guys who are supposed to be better than they are? Is it on bad coaching or, or just ill fit coaching? Is it a combination of all those things? I mean, there's no answer to that. But, you know, it's easy to look and say, well, the, the quarterback has regressed. And I, and I think the passing game overall from the end of 2019 to the end of 2021 clearly has regressed. Mm-hmm. Whose fault is that? I don't know. Maybe multiple people. But we probably won't find out next year because it looks like we're going to have the same cast of characters. Yeah. The only thing that's going to be different is we won't be able to rely on the running game. No, I don't think so. Unless we go get a, I mean, that's an area we we need to we need to get a transfer to. Uh, I mean, you know, we got. Although, our, we gotta, although if, Te- Tevin White is the only other, you that's know, true. he's the only four star recruit we have. Right, right, and and, and if if uh, is it it's in Engada? I struggle with this. Engada. Yeah, I, I yeah, I've I mean, called it. I've said Nada this whole time, but the TV broadcast has said Engada. So. Yeah. Well, and his brother plays at Clemson, and I'm pretty sure they've said Engada when when he plays. So, uh, anyway, if he comes back, you know, he's good, but I don't. He's small, and he's been injury prone. I mean, uh, both years he's he's been banged up. So I don't know that you could count on him to be, you know, a. a 20 plus touches a game like Rashad White was, especially in the second half of the year. I mean, you're going to, you're going to have to maybe not go back to the drawing board, but certainly adjust. And I, I guess we'll see part of that adjustment in the bowl game. I hope, which it's funny and in telling that we've gotten this far into the conversation. We haven't even mentioned our upcoming bowl game. That's telling as to what bowls feel like now, but you know, like we'll find out in the bowl game, I guess maybe a little bit of what this offense might look like next year because White's gone. Brainham's gone. Uh, so, you know, and, and baptism by fire because we're playing a really good defense in that bowl game. Mm-hmm. Not a very good offense, but a defense that is fully capable of shutting us out. Yeah. All of the receivers appear to be coming back. Which I, is stunning. I mean, I, Porter's already left. I'm, I'm talking right, about guys right. who are there at the end of the season. Guys who we, who we finished the season with. I, I still... I still don't believe Johnny Wilson is actually coming back. Of all the, of all the names, like uh, if he doesn't transfer, I'll be floored. Has he said? Has he said for sure? I mean, has he said anything? He hasn't publicly? said anything, and that's okay. you know, I mean, that's Which sort nothing... of what you know. Like you said, after the bowl game, we'll know for sure because well, when no, the bowl right. game ends, I mean, we're on our way to spring ball. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I mean, maybe he will. I don't know. Um, but boy, it's been a disappointing two years. You'd think 
he would still, I mean, you know, residual from being a, a top recruit, he'd still have interest out there from other big time programs that think, you know, okay, we can get the, we can get the talent out of him that we haven't seen at ASU. Um, I'd be shocked if he's back, but I'm shocked that Jaden Daniels is back. I mean, I honestly, like when the, I, I can go back a few weeks, but I don't even have to. When the Arizona game ended and I, I left that stadium, I thought, well, that's the last time I'll see Jaden Daniels play for ASU. I was 99% sure of that. So I'm, I'm really surprised. Yeah. It's, it's interesting to say the least. I, you know, I don't know what to think about what the this coaching staff has done. It's yeah. it is um it, it's a problem I think and we've talked about this. They came in with a bar set by the AD. Yeah. yeah. That they haven't cleared. No. Like no they have not. Straight up have not cleared that bar. Yeah. Cuz even no this argument. year you know, where we've shown improvement technically, we've we've yeah. improved a game and we have a chance to win nine right. games. I don't think we'll beat Wisconsin, but if oh, we do, gosh. they'll only be the second team that we beat with a winning record. Right, right. So right. Yeah, yeah, I mean we'll we'll probably you know, we can do our bull actual prediction later on in December, but I don't think we're beating Wisconsin. I mean I I really honestly I'm not sure we'll score a touchdown unless we get it off defense or special teams. Yeah. But you're right. Even if we do, it's you know I mean. So if we beat Wisconsin, we would have beaten two teams with a winning record, and those two teams were what both eight four. Wisconsin mm-hmm. finished eight four, and UCLA was eight four, I believe. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, like that's you can only beat who's in front of you. But, but there the were... problem is that. <laughs> There were teams there with were, winning records in front of us who we didn't that beat. We didn't beat. Yeah, <laughs> I mean Washington State and Oregon State finished seven and five, so yeah. it's not like you know it's not like the four teams we lost to all finished eleven and one or better. And you're like, well, geez, uh, yeah, you lost to you know stunningly good competition. I mean Utah and BYU by the playoff rankings are two of the top what thirteen teams in the country. Mm-hmm. We lost to both of them on the road. I suppose no shame in that. Um, although the Utah game will forever you know, stick in my mind because we were the better team for 30 minutes and they just fell apart. Um, but the Washington state and the Oregon state loss, I mean, that's the difference. That's the difference between eight and four, 10 and two and, and feeling like, you know, I mean, we wouldn't have won the division. Even if we won those, both of those, we would have lost to Utah on a tiebreaker, but you would have, you would have finished this year thinking like, okay, 10 win season. That is something impressive. Mm-hmm. And a win season really isn't that impressive. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's more a testament to how mediocre we've been, you know, in the Pac-10, 12 era that like, oh, an eight win season is notable. I mean, it, it is notable, but it but it really shouldn't be. Yeah. And, and so my point is, you know, there was this groundswell of recruiting when they got here. A lot of excitement, <clears throat> a lot of intangibles going yeah. well but now that's gone and the Completely. on-field product that the opportunity to cash that in this is what we did and yeah. and basically out of i'm gonna say convenience because remember also daniels's mom was part of this recruiting problem <laughs> issue right, right forgot about that but yeah so you're right out of i'm gonna say out of convenience of the parties everyone's back Okay. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Just yeah. So, I mean, it, you know, with a with a worse running back, because no matter how right. good the running back is, they I I would I would take the bet now that their numbers will not be as good as what White did. That's why <laughs> I agree. I mean, he was he was very good. He probably should have been first team all conference. I I mean, like I know he was second team, and I know what you know. I texted you and said it's it's hard to complain that we only had you know, but. That's that's a legitimate beef. I mean, I think it was who was BJ Baylor and, and Tavion Thomas were the mm-hmm. first team running backs. And Thomas had a great year for Utah. I think he set a school record for touchdowns. And you know, um, uh, you know, I I don't know the numbers of those two, but I know how much White meant to us. And and, and I I guess I feel like he probably should have been first team All Conference. So that being said, you're right. I mean, it just it feels like our it feels like the answer to this year's 
disappointment, and I, I call it a disappointment, and maybe that's the problem. Maybe the maybe the people who matter don't call it a disappointment, but the answer is just run it back. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, okay. Um, well, this but is... run it back without some of the best pieces. It's not yeah. like we're totally running it back. Like we're we're just running it back with whoever is. I, I think you said it. You know, whoever the marriage of convenience. Like whoever's willing to stay. Okay, cool. Let's do it again. Yes. And so you know you you you're facing that situation, and th- there's just no like I. Th- the optimism is gone for me. Well, it's, yeah. I mean, to yeah. me, I, I go in. Now, we'll see. You know, I don't know how the schedule is going to shake out stuff and who maybe, you know. But I feel like as far as optimism goes, optimism is can we win seven games next year? Mm-hmm. You know, can we can we be about like this team? I don't have much faith at all that we're going to be better, which is what it would take to, to actually accomplish something, which is, you know, winning the South, getting to the title game, winning the conference, those type of things. Yeah. No, this is, and the problem is like, and of course you can be like Michigan State and build from nothing. You can be, you know, you can come out of nowhere like uh, Iowa State a couple years ago and be like a feel good story surprise. Right. But it just as a fan feels like, okay, well, we're probably going to be picked to finish fourth in the South. Yeah. You know, depending on if UCLA keeps Chip Kelly. Right, um, right, um, and who you know who their quarterback is or whatever. I mean, that yeah. Matt, you know, does, does Thompson Robinson come back? Do they get a transfer? Whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, I agree. I mean, you're right. Michigan State's a good example, but and it, it is, I mean, an important but. That's an exception and not the rule. Like it, you know, there's a reason that we've all marveled at Michigan State and oh my God, they got all these transfers and how good they've been because it doesn't usually happen that way. You know, more more realistically is your Alabama, who's loaded with talent already, and then they use that portal to help their receiver group that's really young, and they get Jamison Williams or their linebacker group and get Henry Toto. Uh, you know, like that. Okay, that's how you use the portal. But bringing in you know 15 transfers, like Michigan State did, or some crazy number like that, it worked for them. But it's it's not a formula I think you can count on it working, not mm-hmm. that well at least. Yeah. But we're already, I mean, we got three already, right? Yeah, we got three. So Two not, of them are tight ends, though. Yeah. I mean, we're not sitting around, I guess, you know, so I guess that's something. I mean, the high school class, I mean, I think we discussed this during the season. Like, the high school class was pretty much out the window, given what happened in, you know, June, July, August. Mm-hmm. Um, you just, you, you, you almost like, you take whatever you can get for this high school class. So where are you going to get, guys? Well, the transfer market. So at least we're, we're being active. Um, are they good? I don't know. You know, I mean, who, who the hell knows? It doesn't matter. (laughs) But, but, uh, you know, like we, we gotta, we gotta plug some holes and, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. The, the, the high end optimism is gone. Now, as I said, having some stability, some continuity, a returning quarterback, it probably prevents the like, complete bottoming out that I think you and I both feared what 2022 would bring that like, Mm -hmm. Oh my God, could we be looking at, you know, one and 11 type team in 2022? Probably not. Um, you know, given that we'll have some guys back and, you know, so I guess that's good. Does this, what do you think the chances are? I'm, this is, this is a trip to negative town. Okay. What are the chances that this turns into Khalil Tate's last year in Arizona? Where it's just like... Did we already have Khalil Tate's last year in Arizona this year? <laughs> I kind of felt like that with Daniels. But, but I mean, I hear you. And, and the chances are not remote. <laughs> I'll say that. that mm-hmm. You know, like, now the difference, I mean, at this point, the one difference, I guess, Khalil Tate's last year in Arizona, he, he basically got benched here and there, and then he got the job back. I don't see that. unless Unless we bring somebody else in, like... It's going to be Jaden Daniels' job for 12, 13 games, uh, you know, barring something unforeseen. Yeah. No, I, I, I get – I mean, I get that. I just wonder if this is – because I think the Khalil Tate final season was the, you know, you were already standing on the banana peel. Right, uh, right. And, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I mean – 
there's some comparison there. Um, you know, I mean, now, I mean, I, I guess it, you know, it's a reasonable comparison. They both hit the ground running with their first year starting and, and people, you know, expected great things. And, and then the, the greatness just never took off. Um, you know, like I said, there are guys who do it. I mean, uh, it's an exception, not the rule, but Kenny Pickett at Pitt went from just mediocre, decent quarterback to Heisman finalist. Uh, you know, would I love to dream that that's Jaden Daniels' arc in 2022? Sure, I'll dream it, but I don't believe it. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I expect more of the same. I expect, uh, well, you know, at the at minimum, I think we just we got to get him back to being a functional passer. Because by the end of the year, he was not. He just He just wasn't. He, you know, he, he could not be counted on to deliver an accurate pass 15 yards down the field. So we got to get him back to at least 2019 form and, and then, you know, see what happens from there. Yeah. I, I, I think it's clear. I'm as, as we look back at the year that was. Yeah. My frustration level with the program has only increased. Um, yeah, because I, you know, I, I shared the optimism of what the year could be and yeah. how yeah. things could shake out. And then to live through this and like, okay, well, we're not going to be able to recruit high school kids right. anymore. Right. And you could watch as the season was going, like Rashad White was it. And you yeah. knew he was leaving. There was no doubt he was you not know. coming back, that he was ever going to come Agreed. back. So it was like, right. okay, well, what's the what's the point, man? You know? <laughs> I mean, you know. Uh, I mean, I get the point of fandom, but, like, what, what's the you. point of hoping? I hear you. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I don't think, like, next year, I think when we're talking in August next year, I don't think either one of us are going to be saying, you know, I think we can win the South. Um, I, I think we'll probably both be saying, well, you know, you never know because you do, you never know. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I'm sure, I mean, this, this year you look, look at it, look who made the conference title games and outside of Alabama, Georgia and Oregon, uh, you know, in the, uh, the major conferences, the other seven teams that made conference title games certainly did not start the year as the favorites to make their conference title games. Some of them were way off the radar. Yeah. I mean, you know, Michigan was unranked. Oklahoma State was unranked. They went into the final week top five. So you, you never know. But I, I I don't I don't think next year feels I mean, it just it feels like high end. Now, we don't know the schedule yet. Exactly. I think we know who we're playing and where, but we don't know the order. Um, we know we play Oklahoma State non-conference on the road so that doesn't that doesn't feel great um you know but i mean it just feels like high end is is eight wins high end and more realistic is is probably you know battling for six yeah so that does make it tough to get super amped that said some some asu seasons that i can remember and you know the the ones that we've overachieved when we've had, you know, minimal expectations. Some of those are, are fun to remember, you mm -hmm. know, 2017. I remember Graham's last year. We, we both went into that year thinking, boy, we could really suck. Like mm -hmm. we were prepared for, for sucking and we went seven and five and it was like, man, that feels pretty good. Um, maybe that'll be the case. I don't know. You know, it's a long ways off, uh, to know how we'll feel at the end of next year, much less the beginning. Um, but yeah, I mean, I agree. It's 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 not a program brimming with positive emotion and feeling right now. Yeah. Um, one program that is, as we transition to a different part of college football, is the U, who yeah yeah <laughs> you know uh, went in, refused to fire Manny Diaz until they had yeah. Mario Cristobal, uh, but then they got him. And they fired Manny him. Diaz. <laughs> they got him. They got the the the, the Messiah, you know that that it's supposed to be, and we'll we'll see if he is. Um, you know, it, it's been rumored for years since he was at FIU that you know, like, boy, Miami needs to get him, and he's an all world recruiter, and and he did recruit very well at Oregon. Um, you know, Miami is one of those programs that I, I think I said this to you early in the year, maybe before the season. 
they will eventually get back to prominence, but I'm not going to buy it till they do. And, and so like this, maybe this is it, but you, you got to prove it to me a little bit. Yeah. Look, they, they got the guy they wanted. They did. They got someone who, you know, he's probably not going, he's probably not looking elsewhere. Like this is as green as the grass is going to be for him. You would think so. I mean, it sounds like that, you know, he played there, right? He played there under Jimmy Johnson, I believe. Um, He's from there. His mom still lives there. You know, he flew back cross country because his mom was having some health issues between the Oregon state game and the Pac-12 title game. So, you know, though, those are the moments that made you think like, you know, this has got to be appealing to him. Um, and, and Hey, I mean, you know, Miami's a program that college football is more fun when Miami's good. You know, I mean, we, we remember a short little era when we were in high school where Miami was great and it was fun. I mean, you know, like they, they got swagger and now I, I do wonder if Miami will ever quite feel the same now that the orange bowl has gone. That mm-hmm. just doesn't, that, that was their place and it rocked when they were good. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, like, well, even if Miami is 11 and 0 going into the last game, will it feel that big at hard rock stadium? I, I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure. Well, and we'll that find was out maybe. Um, the Kevin Clark from the Ringer went to Miami. Yeah, and he had a he's it's he's a fun follow for all the crazy yeah things that have happened. But he had one where he's like, "I have an idea. What if we were to <laughs> build a smaller, more intimate stadium that made everyone feel more comfortable?" Uh, you know, we could call it orange something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, like it's obviously, you know, I think you think of the glory days of the Orange Bowl and the, you think of the 80s and the Bernie Kosars and the Testaverde teams and all that. But they were at the Orange Bowl for that run in the 2000s, too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and it to me, and it's a situation you and I know well, and we've talked about it, doesn't it feel a little bit like leaving Packard Stadium to go to Phoenix Muni? Mm-hmm. You lose something when you leave that place and you go to this place that's nicer. Sure. Hard Rock Stadium's nice. It's mm-hmm. on its 17th different name, but it's nice. And they've renovated it and it's nicer than it even used to be. Um, but it's not yours. Mm-hmm. It's the Dolphins place. You're a guest. And I, and I just, I wonder if that, I don't know. Um, I don't know. You know, but uh yeah, I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting to see how he does. Uh, you know, I'm not rooting against him necessarily, um, but I, I just one of those like I gotta, I gotta see it to believe it because we've heard this, we've heard this about Manny Diaz, we heard it about Mark Ritt. Oh, this is the guy mm-hmm. going to get Miami back to where they're supposed to be. And, well, and and, and the narrative with Manny Diaz, like almost identical to the Cristobal narrative from Miami, a huge Canes person, exactly. Know. Exactly. Like, yeah. Mark Richt. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Rick, Rick played at Miami. He was the backup under Jim Kelly. Uh, you know, oh, he's, you know, he's, and, and he had that one really good year where they, I think they got to the Peach Bowl or Orange Bowl or something like that. Uh, played Wisconsin, I remember. They were undefeated going into late, late November and then lost a couple in a row. But it just like, it seems like momentum never gets sustained there. So I'm going to, I'm going to even put this caveat on that, like, okay, if in 2022 or 2023 they have a really good year, I'm still not going to totally buy it. You got to, you got to back it up. You got to give me multiple years where they're in the ACC title mix and maybe in the top 10 of the country before I'm like, okay, we could take Miami seriously again. Now the question becomes, what does Phil Knight and the pretend puppet Oregon Athletic Department do? (laughs) And obviously closer to home for for us as pac 12 guys you know and what happens with them and i i'll say this the idea of a chip kelly reunion i don't think it's a good idea at all i don't know what you think well they interviewed kelly they interviewed justin wilcox um yeah you know wilner had a tweet i think it was john wilner about how you know this is the like reaction to yeah the last two guys bolting. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, which, 
you know. certainly I, I get. Um, I mean, got it. Three guys, really, right? I mean, if, if you consider Chip Kelly bolted to the NFL. Oh, yeah, good point. Taggart left for Florida State after one year. And, you know, um, uh, and I read some, it might have been Stuart Mandel or something made the point of like, you know, this is why West Coast schools oftentimes prefer to get a coach with West Coast ties. Because they always, you know, it feels like if you get a guy who's from somewhere else, they'll eventually want to go back to that somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just, I don't know. I think Chip Kelly, his first run, he was he was ahead of everybody schematically. Mm-hmm. And so their recruiting wasn't really great. Like they didn't, you know, you go back and look, they didn't have a ton of first round picks on those teams. No, they but you know, they pulled like the best kids from Hawaii right, and right, Utah. Right. Hawaii and and they you know and they really they started crushing Washington. I mean Washington was down, so they recruited extremely well in the state of Washington, um, and maybe they could do that still. I mean we'll see what Washington is with the new coach they've got. Uh, but like they you know, aside from Marcus Mariota, and and I think what Dion Jordan was a top five pick, and and maybe DeForest Buckner was a top ten, but like. It wasn't like Alabama or, or Ohio State where it's like, oh, man, they had five first-round picks every year. Yeah. Like, they, they were doing it with some smoke and mirrors and some great schemes. And now people have caught up to those schemes. Everybody is running some version of those schemes. And and so, I like, you know, what Cristobal had was great recruiting, and Chip Kelly doesn't bring that. I mean, look, at, you know, re- recruiting rankings, we, you know, I, I sometimes differ on how important they are, but – Look at what he's done at UCLA. They're not impressive at all. Yeah, and and so I well, and the idea the idea with him was well, he recruits to his scheme, but that was when having a five foot seven scat back as your lead back was considered an anomaly. Right. Right. Yeah, and the hurry up offense and the the spread run game. You know, I mean, the the air raid was out there, but but to do like the the spread run hurry up that that was that was a new thing and and you know it was sort of i mean i, I like their schemes were not they didn't have a, a tremendously huge playbook it was just more like hey we're going to we're going to run a ton of plays we're going to run right at you and try to keep up and and it, nobody could or you know not many could but again lots of teams do that now yeah. and and you've seen at UCLA like you know his best year in 4 years he went 8 and 4 like yeah. the, the schemes are not knocking people over like they used to. So I just think it's a recipe for disaster. Honestly, I, I think if they bring him in, uh, gosh, I mean, I'm not saying they're going to fall to two and 10, but I don't think, yeah, I mean, if Phil Knight wants to win a national championship while he's still alive, and I guess he's 84, which I didn't realize he was that old. I don't think Chip Kelly is the guy to bring in. I think you've got to take a big swing. I don't know who that big swing is, but, I just don't. I think Chip Kelly is is going to go eight and four, like he did this year. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be expensive, whatever he does. Cause yeah, yeah. Money's no uh, object. No, it's not. And I mean that you know, like I think they want to keep up with with USC. You know, USC. That was a that was a you know plate shifting move in the Pac twelve to go get Lincoln Riley and spend that much money, um, and and you know. The Oregon. one difference, though, is SC is a private school. Right, right, true. You're, you're right. Um, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think they, well, I think Phil Knight, at least, expects that Oregon's going to be the best program in the conference and, and you know, is going to want them to keep up with USC and not play second fiddle to USC like they did in the 2000s. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. I mean, you know, what's, what's interesting is, gosh, you could – you could say, I think, fairly, that the three biggest programs, the three most important programs in the Pac-12, all going to have new coaches. If you say Washington in there too, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I mean, I, I guess Stanford. You know, Stanford's had a lot of success lately, but I don't know. I mean, that's that's up for debate. But nonetheless, I mean, certainly the two biggest, Oregon and USC, are the the tent poles of each division, and mm-hmm. you know, they're going to both have new coaches, so. Been wild, man. I mean, I uh, I, know, but, I thought you were talking about the Cougars, so. I... Well, that's true too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, they're not one of the, but yeah, that's true. Four, four you know, so a third well, of the conference. Well, and coaches, and yeah. if Oregon takes UCLA or Cal's that's true, head coach, or Cal. good point. 
good point. Yeah, yeah, domino well, effect, I guess. I mean, yeah. or yeah. they could, you know, they could probably go get Herm. Yeah, yeah. I mean that'd be okay, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean, they're not gonna. So, eh, you know, whatever. But uh, yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I mean, it's been uh, certainly been an interesting, you know, couple weeks with all the coaching moves and the like, and yeah, we'll see. But uh, but you know, this this season, it, it's not over yet. We got we got get the playoff here what, mm-hmm. what's your thoughts on the playoff did you did you agree with the four teams the order the matchups what what'd you think well I, I mean you said it and it was true there was no way they were going to run back alabama georgia yeah in round one uh which i don't i i, I didn't think they would but i made the point to you and you I'll, said you know, they like, should they should but they but should. you I mean, said they wouldn't and you were right i didn't think they would and i yeah yeah i mean but but now you run i think a Decent chance, you know, if the, the Vegas odds would tell you the, the heavily favorite chance of getting that rematch in the championship game. Oh, don't sleep on the Bearcats, which well, I'm not, I'm not sleeping on them, nor am I sleeping on Michigan. Yeah. Uh, I absolutely think Michigan can beat Georgia, uh, especially given that Georgia just Georgia just didn't look good in that SEC game, and I just, I don't know. I know Kirby Smart said all the right things about this is going to refocus us and. Or come back. I don't know. Felt to me, that felt like watching a balloon fly and the air coming out of it slowly, and you can't blow up the balloon again. Just, just felt like the magic was gone. Yeah, I mean, the question becomes: Was this something that Alabama figured out, or did Georgia realize, "Hey, look, we're probably going to the playoff either way. Let's skinny it back they didn't down." Have the same edge, and and. Very possible. Herb Street made that point on the on the selection show. I saw that you know you, you saw one team that was playing for its life and the other team that basically knew it wasn't, and and that's possible. And, and I would think that if it wasn't for the fact that Georgia really like the hurdle for them is beating Alabama, so I, I feel like man, you got to get up for that, and you could have knocked Alabama out. Like you you could have you know you could have made it where you didn't have to deal with them again. And mm-hmm. and now you got to deal with them again, and you got to question: Do you have the do you have the scheme to stop them? I mean mm-hmm. that that secondary all year the sort of you know whisper has been: Boy, that defense is amazing, but is the secondary that good? And the, those whispers seem to be legitimate after that game because they boy they left guys just running wide open. I mean there were a couple plays that felt like Todd Graham defense. <laughs> Which is not good. No. You know, I mean, they, they took that 10 nothing lead, and then third down, they, I mean, Jamison Williams, who, you know, geez, he's a Bolitnikoff finalist tonight. Like, you, you think you make sure you cover him, running wide open in the middle of the field. Like, you know, like, geez, how, did, how does that happen? And then it happened a couple more times. Yeah. It's, um, it's going to be interesting. I, I think I will be. I will be rooting for whoever comes out of the Alabama Cincinnati game. Yeah, well, mine will probably be the opposite. No, and I, you know, I like Alabama. You know, I've, I've, you know, you've turned, turned the, the corner. corner. Um, but I, I gotta say, I'm, I am loving this Michigan season. I'm loving it. Uh, I, I, I loved, you know, I didn't see it live, um, but I watched it on, on, you know, DVR. I watched every minute of that Iowa game knowing what was knowing what was going to happen, and I loved it, man. This has been so much fun to follow them this year. I really like Harbaugh, and I would I would love if Harbaugh won the national championship. God, that'd be great. I don't know if they will, but I sure as hell ain't ruling them out. Like, they, they, they're a good team. And, and uh, I mean, they're legitimately tough and physical. Now, can they beat Alabama if they play them? I don't know because they feel a lot like Georgia. Mm-hmm. Better secondary, I think. You know, they'll, they'll they'll cover in the secondary better. But it just feels like to beat Alabama, you got to have like a dynamic quarterback passing game, and that's not really how Michigan's built this year or for mm-hmm. a long time. Honestly, <laughs> I mean, you know, like they're just you know, it's not like the the best Michigan teams are like this team, and I don't know. I mean, now they. You know, it's one of those things, like, you look at it, like, well, but they've, I mean, they put up 34 against Michigan State. They put up 42 against Ohio State. They they can score points, but it feels like kind of the way Georgia scores a lot of points. They get ahead of you, and then they just pour it on with physicality. Mm-hmm. But can you can you throw it, 
and and go shot for shot with Bryce Young in that offense. I I don't know. Yeah, true. I don't know. What do you think? We, Georgia? Do they uh, do they make a quarterback change? Do they go back to JT Daniels? I think you have to. You think so? Well, do you he, think they will? I don't think they will. I don't think they will. I I, I, mean, I think I think Kirby is is a conventional coach. I think Kirby's going to stick with what got him here. Although you you have to think you watched Dabo do that in yeah. you know you watched well, Nick Saban do it right up front when Nick yeah. Saban did it at halftime of the championship game to go to Tua. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, he, he was an eyewitness to that, obviously. But uh, I just I just feel like Kirby still feels like you can win with dominant defense, run game, and and a quarterback that just you know is there and and. See, now the problem is, going back to Daniels, like, if you were to do that, he hasn't made a meaningful throw since September. Yeah. Like, you know, so now it, it almost feels like if you were going to do that, like, you need to do that in November when you had, I mean, the, la- the last two regular season games, they played Charleston Southern and Georgia Tech, who both suck. Like, that was, the t- if you were considering Daniels as an option, you get him some meaningful snaps in those games, not one series to hand off in the third quarter when you're already up by 30 points, which is basically what they did. Yeah. So it feels like the Stetson Bennett show to me. And he wasn't bad in the SEC title game. I mean, he, you know, he was fun. They, they lost because their defense fell apart. But he also just, like, once they went down by 14, it felt like it was over. Because it doesn't feel like he can, he can go score for score with the team. Yeah. I I don't know. It, it just I I I guess you have it in your pocket for a spark. Yeah, yeah. You know. I mean, I don't know. It's a it's a tricky one. I I I think Daniels is the like I thought this when Daniels was was supposedly cleared again. What after the Florida game? I think it was when he was back. You know, able to play. My thought was you go back to Daniels not because you know Daniels is great, but because he might be. And you know that Bennett is okay. Uh, you know, like, Daniels, who knows? I mean, God, the guy's made, what, five starts since 2019? So we haven't seen a lot of him. Uh, it's a little more than five, maybe seven or eight. But it's not many. Um, you know, but I just think he gives you a higher-end potential than Stetson Bennett. Stetson Bennett is, is a nice story. It's a hell of a story. But... Can you, you know, like this, this isn't, this isn't 2011 anymore where you can win a title with, with Greg McElroy or AJ McCarron. If football's changed in just a decade. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, the last five quarterbacks to win a national title have all been first round picks. So, so that tells you something like, you know, the, you've got to have a high end quarterback and most of the quarterbacks that they faced in the title game, you know, I mean, the losers of the title game, what, Fields, Lawrence, Tua, uh, all first-round picks. Hurts was a second-round pick. Uh, you know, like, you're getting high-end quarterbacks in these positions. So? So, I don't know. Be interesting to see. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm uh, what do you, do you really, I mean, you, you joked or laughed, Cincinnati. You, you think Cincinnati could, could beat Alabama? Probably not. But I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna find myself rooting that way. Really? Even with your I, undying loyalty to Nick Saban? It's. But it. it it's not about Nick in this moment. <laughs> it, it's. A, right. It's about wanting to see, you know, the proof. Because if they lose yeah. and they get routed, then everyone's gonna say, "Well, why? What's the I point?" Guess. I mean, you're right. People will say that. I will I'm not saying they're right. I, you know, I will immediately we've... pound the table and say that's dumb because, you know, Oklahoma's been blown out three times. And, and well, I should say three times. One time they lost in overtime. But they've been blown out a couple times in the playoff. One terribly bad by LSU. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, no one was like, oh, the Big 12 doesn't deserve to be in the playoff anymore. I, I mean, you know, like they deserve it. They, they, they absolutely deserve it. Are they as good as Alabama? I mean, talent-wise, no. No. Uh, you know, I mean, that, like Alabama's got probably ten to fifteen guys on that roster that will be first round picks. Cincinnati's got maybe two or three. Uh, you know, so no, they're not. But that, you know, doesn't mean they can't beat them. Um, I mean, it, it's it's 
it's interesting because Alabama looks so good in that SEC title game that the temptation is to just think, oh, they're gonna another roll. Alabama freight train, they're going to win. But then I remember that it took until the very last play for them to put away LSU. Mm-hmm. And that it took until a 97-yard drive with two minutes to go for them to even tie Auburn. And those are teams that went 6-6. Six and six. Those aren't vintage LSU and Auburn teams. So I'm like, you know, and then they lost to Texas A&M, and they barely beat Florida, the game we saw. Mm-hmm. And Florida finished 6-6. Six and six. So, like, is this Alabama team the greatest? No, they're not. I mean, that doesn't mean they won't win the whole thing. They got a, you know, 25% chance, obviously. Um, but like they, they're not invincible. Like, you know, like they, they're easily beatable if they play the way they played many times this year. Yeah. And no John Mechie is interesting. I mean, like, mm-hmm. what, how, you know, that's not a deep receiver core this year. We saw that with our own two eyes. Like, beyond Mechie and, and Jameson Williams, it's it's a very young and, and not real strong group. So you take away one of those two, like, uh, that'll be interesting to see. And, and Cincinnati's got two really good defensive backs. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, you'd think they could take away Jameson Williams some, and, you know, who else steps up? Maybe one of those freshmen emerges, but it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. So, I, you know, I don't know if they'll get blown out, but I'll be disappointed if Cincinnati gets blown out. Yeah, I, I hear you. I, you know, maybe in the course of the flow of the game, I'll find myself coming home to root for Alabama. <laughs> but I mean, we did see him this year, so I guess yeah. there is that, that, that little bit of like, hey, uh, you know, we, we saw the Heisman winner, I think. I know it's not official, but, uh, you yeah. know, we got that, and, you know, we, we saw the champs. That's not so bad. Yeah, and and look, I'm I'm not I'm not going to be disappointed if Alabama wins. Like I said, I'll root for no, whoever wins this game to I win it you. all. I but but I am I am mindful of the fact that I I feel like every year we do this, and I am shouting from the rooftops that you have to let UCF in. I agree. I agree. Okay. Well, now they're. Cincinnati forced their way in. They didn't let Cincinnati in. Cincinnati right. beat good teams to get here. Yeah. But now yeah. that they're here, I I want them to vindicate it for not just them, but for the teams who didn't get in. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, and you know, I think pretty soon, not as soon as maybe we hoped, but pretty soon we're going to have expansion. And so they'll, they'll have more of a direct route in. And, you know, of course what's, What's kind of funny about you know Cincinnati being that poster boy is that they're leaving. What, uh, two years from now, they're going to be with the big boys, and, and and the team they just beat in the conference title game will be too, and UCF, the team you mentioned, is you know so uh, you know it's, it's just like Utah and TCU when they were the small guys and then they just joined the big boys. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, yeah, I I would like to see them at least be competitive. I mean, I agree. I, I hope it's not a you know. 35 to 6 beat down. I don't think they need to win to, you know, I mean, people always have something stupid to say. I mean, you know, the people yeah. on Twitter will, they could lose in triple overtime and it'll be like, see, I told you they didn't deserve it. Um, but, you know, overall, I think they just, they need to look, well, hopefully they'll look respectable. I guess I don't, maybe need to is not the right word, but, you know, keep it interesting into the fourth quarter. Yeah. And, you know, and make, like- us, make us think you got a chance to win. I am mindful of the fact that Nick Saban's records and games where you give him a month to prepare is or more is pretty good. Astounding. Pretty good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So and they lost. They lost the semifinal the first year of the playoff to Ohio State. I don't think he's lost the semifinal since. Right. Every year they've made it, they've made it to at least the final and season openers. And season they, opener. True. True. You know, yeah. Where they've yeah. played real season openers and they right. You know. Right. When you give BCS title games, when when you had you know when there wasn't a playoff, he was three and zero in the BCS title game with them. So, yeah, yeah, having a lot of time to prepare tends to work in his favor. But Especially when you've got three hundred analysts and they're all right, great coaches and and great players. I mean, that probably tends to work in your favor too. Like you know, he's got great players who they get they get a chance to get healthy. They may not as banged up as they are through the course of a. 12 or 13 week season and and you know yeah you give them three weeks to physically heal up and eh, the talent rises to the top for the most part yeah but be interesting to see i mean you know like 
don't think it's totally outlandish to think Cincinnati could win the whole thing. I don't expect them to. But, yeah. you know, like, I mean, if they could beat Alabama, then they could theoretically beat Michigan or Georgia, too, I would think. So, we'll see. We'll see. Michigan-Georgia going to be a fun one. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. that's a that's a cross-sectional matchup that uh, they haven't played since the 60s, I think I saw. So, you know, that'll that'll be a fun matchup of two historic brands. Yeah. It'll be fun. And look, we'll, yeah, we'll be here to talk about it. Uh, yes, indeed. But uh, until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.